Hello, and thank you for listening to my podcast, and please consider subscribing. I'm your host, Brock Martin, and this is Bigfoot and Beyond. On today's podcast, I have three great Sasquatch encounters from California. Does Bigfoot actually exist? You better believe it. You're listening to Bigfoot and Beyond. Here's your stories. I hope you enjoy. I had been stationed alone at the entrance doing general cleaning while waiting for the bus to arrive with my next tour. I didn't think much of it at first, but there were rocks coming down off the hillside and hitting the building. This became more frequent and disturbing, as the area above was trees and brush, not likely just a rock slide. The number of times this occurred also became more frequent throughout the weeks. Then came a sort of rainy, cloudy day in March of 2001. I think I was on the mountain by myself. At Lake Shasta Caverns, we had tours leaving three times a day. It was the last one of that day. From way up on top of the mountain, you couldn't see much beyond you, and I'd say visibility was around 300 yards or less. My tour arrived, and it turned out to be only two people, a male and a female. The bus driver turned the bus around and returned to the bottom of the hill. As the three of us were just standing there, and we were looking across the ravine, talking quietly, we had heard some rustling and distinct thumps on the ground. They asked me what it was. I just kept watching the area where it was coming from. As we were looking up and down this ravine 200 yards away, a never-before-noticed but clearly visible skid path was spotted by the man on the tour. He had a high-powered lens on his camera and zoomed in. All the while, we were still waiting to see what was moving down the ravine at such a high speed and moving the tops of what I thought to be pretty large trees on this path. And out of the overgrowth, we saw it. Huge, on two feet, arms clearly swinging wide in front and behind it. In a matter of two seconds or so, we couldn't see it anymore, but we could still hear it. The thumping was its feet running down the hill to the lake, and I mean straight down. The echo continued until suddenly, a silence. I turned to the man and I asked him, did, did you get that on film? He says, I, I don't know, I think so. Then I immediately ran for the emergency radio we keep in the storage employee room, and I called down to the bus at the bottom. I told him what we had seen and to be careful, and to get back up here, we want to go now. My boss then comes across the radio and told me to calm down, get back inside the building, and wait for the bus. When we got back across the lake to the main gift shop, I exchanged numbers with the people on the tour, but my boss kept theirs, and I have not yet gotten anything from that day. The only thing I know about them is that they live in Santa Rosa, California somewhere and were on vacation. I quit my job as a tour guide shortly thereafter because I wouldn't sit up on top of that mountain by myself ever again. It's a peninsula with no roads, houses, or people. 30 miles west and 10 miles east of pure nothing. Accessible only by boat. A perfect habitat, I would say. It was a typical winter afternoon in Humboldt County. It was raining intermittently, and the river was on the rise and becoming a bit too rough to fish. But I wanted to catch another steel while I could, so I drove down to the river bar. I parked about 30 yards away from the river's edge on a dirt road surrounded by some dense willows. I turned off the car and opened the door. Immediately, I heard two bellows that seemed far off. I initially thought it was some kids. The best I can do to describe the noise is to ask you to try to make it yourself. Put your lips together as if you're trying to make the sound of a bee, and then bellow, whoop, wait two seconds, and do it again. That's what I heard. To this day, I can physically emulate the sound. 
The sound was similar to the bugle of a bull elk. I used to work as a horse patrol park ranger on the eastern slope of the Rockies in the Rocky Mountain National Park. I kept visitors away from the elk, so I know the bugle of an elk, and that's not what it was. Well, I didn't think much of it, so I got on my hip waders and proceeded to the river's edge. I waded in up to my thighs and began fishing, moving slowly down the stream. The river was probably about 50 yards wide and nearly at full bank. About 10 minutes went by and I noticed a dark figure downstream across the river. It seemed to be standing behind a large root wad. I could see what I thought was a head and shoulders of a bear or something. It was drizzling and I couldn't focus in on it at first and I wasn't even sure it was an animal. I fished downstream, I worked my way directly across from it and looked at it again. I looked right into its eyes. They were dark and it didn't even move. Then I saw another one to its left. I could see its body from the thighs up. It didn't move. It was looking slightly downstream and I couldn't see its eyes. These things looked taller than a man, had flat faces and large round eyes. Their shoulders were broad and their arms were long. They were mostly covered in hair, although the one to the left seemed to have bald spots on its chest area, kind of like mange. They stood still and never once moved. I kept fishing and I worked my way downstream of them to a tailout where I could cross and sneak up on them to get a closer look, but the river was just too high. As I worked back upstream, I noticed a cocoon-shaped object perched on the root wad overhanging the river's edge. It was shaped like a football, but probably four feet long and two and a half feet in diameter. It was hard to tell at 50 yards. This cocoon-like thing appeared to be neatly wrapped in dry grasses, like cattail and long grass blades. I kept fishing, moving upstream of them back toward my car. At one point, I looked back to get another look at the cocoon-like thing, and the animals were gone. A day later, I drove to the other side of the river to see if I could find any tracks, but the river had flooded the entire area. I don't follow the Bigfoot stuff, and I'm pretty sure no bones have ever been found. This encounter has caused me to develop a theory, though. I theorize that they warn each other with this whoop sound. That's the reason their bones have never been found. They cleverly dispose of them by waiting for the rivers to rise, and then they package up the bones and the high waters wash them out to sea. I'm not sure I believe any of this, but that's my theory. My second theory is that it was an elaborate hoax performed by some sort of Bigfoot fan club or something. But why would someone do that on an empty river bar? I was the only one there, and no one knew I was going to be there. This happened back around 2014, although I didn't realize it until I had read something about it. I was on Shasta Lake riding my Sea-Doo one last time before I sold it. I'd headed up the Pitt River sometime in July. It was approximately sometime after 2 p.m. I'd gone quite a ways and I decided to head back towards Jones Valley Resort. I always like to scan the ridges looking for shapes like you do when you hunt. I come around this big turn in the main channel and it was the most bizarre thing I had ever seen. About 20 feet from shore, I see what I initially believed to be a big hairy head with eyes staring directly at me. I would say within a couple of seconds, it simply disappeared under the surface of the water. I was wearing sunglasses and I remember thinking, did I just see what I thought I saw? I gave it a wide girth and slowed down and circled the area for about two to three minutes. I remember feeling freaked out a bit, having this vision of this thing lunging out of the water at me. Shortly after, I continued back to Jones Valley Resort and tried to put it out of my head. 
I wish now more than ever I would have taken the time to search for it, but I just figured my initial thought had to be incorrect. I reasoned, naturally, it had to be something else. A beaver, a muskrat. I can't say for sure what it was, but I do know that it was big. It appeared to be wet, like it had already submerged. It was dark brown and tan in color, and I know it wasn't a human. There were no boats anywhere near where I was, and it was pretty secluded. 